All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Ball Hawks podcast. We're live again. It's Sunday. You know it. We're here. You're there listening, watching, whatever you're doing right now. Uh, I'm your host, Steve Fisher. You can find me on Twitter at SSFisher87. Uh, who do I want to... I'm pretty excited that we have a guest today, and I kind of want to jump to him first, but I'm a real nice guy, and I will introduce my screen right this time. I think I'm screen right on everyone's. My co-host, Christopher Hey Hey Phillips. What's happening today? <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're you're welcome for that one. Oh, nice um, touch! And, and and I guess thank you, Steve, for giving me one, uh, giving me a, a you know a layup today that I at least understood. Uh, yeah, happy to be here, guys. Again, uh, another live episode of the Ball Hawks podcast, which is of course uh, presented by the Dean Blundell Network. We are live on Twitter, uh, we're on YouTube and Facebook as well. So if you guys want to enter the conversation, join us on YouTube and Face and Facebook. Get in the comment section, and we can uh, we can see those live. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Phillips Chris Twelve. Don't forget to follow the podcast account at Ballhawks underscore Pod. I don't think he said it this week. He 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 might have missed it, but again, I wasn't listening. So don't forget to follow Steve at SS Fisher eight seven. What's going on, Steve? Oh, you know, having to listen to you talk about not listening to me, things of that nature. Um, yeah. So we we have a really special guest today. We've been trying to get him on for quite a while. Uh, we're going to get him on Thursday, but uh, like me, he was pouting. Uh, it's also <laughs> three hours later yeah. than our time zone, so uh, that's kind of understandable, especially when you're upset. We have got Jake Vogel here with us from First and Goal Podcast. What's happening, Jake? Uh, you know, it's it's good to be here. Uh, we've had enough time uh, pass, passing uh, after the Ravens loss, so I don't feel quite as bad, and it was... A pretty stress uh, stress free Sunday for me, so I'm I'm doing well. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it it it's always a little well. weird when your team doesn't <laughs> play on Sunday, but yeah. one of the best ones that I saw today, uh, someone tweeted out, "It's Sunday, the Ravens aren't playing, and somehow they still managed to ruin my Sunday." And what until I read that, I'd kind of forgotten about it all. Uh, not not really forgotten about it all, but I've kind of I kind of moved past it, and I was like. Yeah, damn, we are we still lost this week. Even though we're not playing, we still lost. Right. Yeah. Um I, I don't know what's worst, but um yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh this is gonna be a good time. Steve, how was your weekend? It was I mean, you know, it was it was it was great. Yeah. Um big news in my house. Uh I'm not sure if I'm legally allowed to see it yet. I think, I mean, we got an accepted offer on our house and hopefully, you know, that all works out, but it was, uh, quite a bit higher than what we paid for it. So I, I like making money. So that was fun. It's good. How was your guys weekend? And quite a bit higher than, uh, than you listed it for, That's if right. I'm not mistaken. That's right. Yeah. Jake, how was your weekend? Yeah, it was, it was good. I, I already mentioned before, um, the Ravens loss was, was pretty rough on Thursday, but you know. Uh, as you guys know, and most of my followers, I am a huge Georgia fan. So if the Ravens lose uh, early in the week, I still have a chance for, with Georgia. And, and thankfully, they still uh, played really well and uh, are the number one team in college football. So 
good good sports weekend uh laid low worked on saturday um during the day and all the way into the evening um in the tasting room at the brewery that i that i work at so uh not too bad at all i mean thanks for bringing it up that uh george is number one in the country um we both know who's number two in the country um appreciate that what what kind of stuff are you guys brewing up at at work right now uh we have a brown ale, uh, one of my original recipes that'll be on tap this upcoming week that I'm really excited about. Um, nicknamed or really just named Bears Beats Brown Ale because I'm a huge <laughs> Office fan. So nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So I, I know we mentioned it like way, way, way back in the infancy of the podcast. Chris had this opener where he was calling me the brewmaster because I yeah. do home brewing, and then you know you and I have talked over Twitter about brewing things and i was like yeah chris this is what a real brewmaster looks like i'm more of like i'm like the what are what are people calling like what was that thing that people called tyler huntley president's choice or something like that like knockoff brand lamar jackson yeah that's like yeah, yeah. me being a brewer like i'm very kirkland special here yeah. um okay we got some fun things to talk about uh around the nfl here the first one chris has uh you know called it the sister kissers and we all know why uh ties in the nfl absolutely suck and well i mean for me the tie didn't necessarily suck because you know we all hate the steelers here and they should have just even with a backup quarterback they should have destroyed the lines but ties in the nfl can we get rid of them is there like a good happy medium jake what do you think it would it would be awesome to get rid of them uh but I don't know how they're going to do that right now. Uh, the competition committee obviously was cool with them, and they they don't want to make NFL games longer than they need to be uh, for the safety of players. So I don't think we're going to see anything expanded um, longer than the ten minutes that overtime currently is. So who, who knows? What about like changing the format of it i know people have talked yeah, about doing I, I like do a like shootout. i do like a format change uh, i kind of like the way college football football does it because both teams get the fair um experience or or chance i should say to to score um it's it's not just like oh you score a touchdown you win yeah. and the other team doesn't get a shot um I, I don't really like that the way that the nfl does it now so college is much better each team starts at the 25 you can score um and then the other team has the same same chance. And I, I was going to chime in and, and say that, that I think the NFL needs to go something that replicates the, the, the college format, whether it be, I think starting at the 25 in the pro game is maybe a little bit too close, maybe push them out to the 40 or something like just, yeah. just to make it a little bit more challenging, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically make it, you know, a game of horse, right? Like, mm -hmm. I did this now you have to do that too sort of thing because um, the, the, the current format just isn't it's not working anymore and I I honestly think that the current format um, I mean we, we saw the Steelers and the Lions have to play a full extra 10 minutes today where it's like those call them mini games in in overtime is probably less damaging on the body than than having to play like a full quarter uh, or majority of a quarter of football mm -hmm. again that includes punts and kickoffs and uh and, and everything else um did you guys see what uh Najee harris said no i missed it 
he Najee Harris didn't even know that football games could end in a tie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he comes true, from Bama. True Bama player that that doesn't watch the NFL, you know. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, uh, well, we never go to Bama, overtime. So was, yeah, was, what is that? I was gonna say, I think in Bama they're so used to just beating up on on opponent opponents, so back they always set themselves up with those easy cupcake schedules um, that uh, they never really have to worry about it, right? Yeah. This guy. This is all coming. To, full disclosure, I don't watch college football. I'm yeah. just banging on Steve. Don't worry. We've got something in the program that's titled Seahawks Recap that I just cannot wait to get to here. So uh, we'll, I'll save all of my comments f- for that portion of it for you. Um, yeah, I mean, Jake, you said it the best. I, I hate the idea that a team can win a coin toss, have a really good offense, and score a touchdown. And the other team can have a really good offense and not even get the chance to score that touchdown. Like it just, it doesn't make sense in to try and replicate a game that you wouldn't get an opportunity to score. And it's kind of funny that you said it as well. The competition committee approved this for whatever reason went through their head. I'm thinking to myself, who's on this competition committee that thinks like, Oh yeah, ties are cool for the league. And Mm -hmm. Also, the fact that one team's offense doesn't even get to hit the field at all. Right. Yes. I, I do know one person who was happy with the sister kissing today. And that is friend of the show, Andrew. And oh, yeah? simply because oh, yeah. he's glad that the Lions didn't win. So <laughs> our, our friend Andrew Jake is, uh, is a Lions fan. And uh, his biggest concern, I, I was I actually hanging out with him last night. He's like, He's like, they're going to blow it, man. He's like, they're going to blow it. They're going to win this game. No Roethlisberger. He goes, and we're going to lose the first overall draft pick. So today he, he texted me. He goes, a tie was like literally the perfect outcome that I could have asked for. He's like, now they can't go 0-17, and they still have the best shot at the first overall draft pick. He's like, it's a win-win in my books. Yeah, that is funny. I, I, I still think they could win a game or two, and they'll still end up with the first pick because – there's not really a team worse than them right now. Yeah, it's not even close. Like, yeah, yeah, they they are the Jacksonville of last year. That's mm-hmm. how bad they are. But it, I mean, they're they're not going to reset the the O for what seventeen new worst record of all time. They still get to hold on to their O and sixteen tie with the Browns. Yeah, O yeah, and sixteen. They could still be 0 16 and 1. Yeah. It'll be like the new, like, is that actually worse or is that like, uh, is that a wash? Like, what, what do we call <laughs> that it since better? it was a tie? Or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you went 0 and 16 and you kissed your sister once? Yuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you point it, put it out like that. I don't think that's a win. <laughs> and nobody won in that scenario. No. Um, the next one I want to get to is there's some more high profile injuries going on. So we've had the big ones, obviously, you know, Derek Henry, not too long ago, MVP favorite, in my opinion. Um, you know, earlier in the week we had Robert Woods, yeah. AKA Bobby trees, like Chris likes to call him. So I can't believe Bobby you trees? called a grown ass man, Bobby trees, but, uh, that's for him to take up with you. Uh, we had Julio go with a little bit of hamstring injury. He's, looking like he might not play again. Uh, Aaron Jones just went down with what's reportedly an MCL, and then Chase Young uh, might be done with an ACL for the year. So 
what what's going on? Like maybe it's just this year I'm extra sensitive to injuries, seeing as the Ravens are getting decimated by injuries. But does it not seem to you guys like there's a lot more extra injuries going on that are like catastrophic season enders? I think it's just the guy like progressively are they're, they're training year round. They're nonstop. They're getting bigger. They're getting faster year after year. And when you're that big and that fast, there's only so much your body can do and only so much that your body can, can with withstand before something happens. Right. Um, and it, it was confirmed. Aaron Jones is an MCL sprained mcl so for sure out for probably three weeks could be minimum three weeks could be eight weeks who knows right it all depends how his body re- uh responds um but th- that's that's the thing is that, yeah it's just these guys are so big and they just they're i mean the washington football team also has probably the worst grass in the entire league so yeah. i mean if you saw the chase young injury it was pretty much non-contact like i think the offensive line had just touched lyman just touched him when he pulled up and grabbed at his knee um i don't know what, what's your take on it jake yeah i'm i'm with you i really agree with the whole kind of evolution of the game and how these guys are getting bigger faster stronger and with that comes added weight Uh, muscle obviously weighs more than fat and these guys that are just getting jacked out of their minds um, are going to end up with more injuries just because like of physics Um, you know that that, that's going to happen to your body with like just the the slightest movement Um, all of that weight can move to one side tweak something because your ligaments aren't going to be as strong as your muscles Um, and it's unfortunate but I I think that's just going to be pretty common until um maybe there's another like revolution in science um where, where they can figure out better ways to prevent them because i i don't know it, it is really 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 bad this year do we think like that there could be a possible like like overtraining as well like just not giving the body enough time to rest and recuperate and and fully heal from all i mean it, you know, when you work out and you lift weights, you get all, you know, micro tears, right? That, that's why you, you feel it the next day. And, and so maybe that's a part of it too. It's just a little bit overdoing it too much and, and, you know, working too long, too many hours, too many days in a row um, without actually allowing their body to, to rest. Yeah. I, th- I think that's part of it. And I think that's a bigger issue in the off season than it is during the season because the players are still going to be working out during the season and possibly gaining here and there. Um, but um, it's, re- it's really the off season where they do a lot of that bulking up um, based on position group and, and cutting yeah. down as well. And and I, I should have clarified and that's, that's kind of what I meant is the, the year round training yeah. that you see these guys doing now, like the season ends and, you know, like the very next day that, you know, you see a video of Russell Wilson posting like, you know, he's back in the gym, lifting weights. He's on the field, throwing footballs. Like it just, he doesn't stop. And I just, I, I, I think that, that that's not helping anybody. It's not helping their body for sure. I, I wonder what the, uh, Jakey used the word rev, like a little bit of a revolution or something like that with changing the game. I wonder what that happy medium balance is because 
these guys always find this competitive advantage by being faster than the next guy, by being stronger or, you know, more agile. But if they're, you know, we're going to see this keep happening as they get bigger, faster, stronger on a guy like, you know, Derrick Henry is the epitome mm-hmm. of the bigger, faster, stronger. DK Metcalf is yeah. one of those guys. I wonder what that happy medium is going to be where it's like you want to train, <laughs> but you can't become the Hulk or we're going to probably lose you for some of this. Yeah, we're probably going to see some more guys like Hunter Renfro <laughs> or, yeah. or Mac Jones. Yeah. And more he, average average looking dudes that maybe don't get as injured because they're not jacked out of their minds. Yeah, I, I just I wonder how that's going to work cuz then like you you also have to know. think about like field conditions and stuff like that. And a guy like Hunter Renfro when he's doing all these kind of underneath like quick stop turn like yeah. lateral things, it's so easy to pop a knee out when you hit turf and your leg sticks and your knee goes, right? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I I just hate seeing that stuff. I mean, I was texting with a buddy of ours who I play fantasy football with, um, and I said, before I did my ACL, I didn't really think anything of it. I would be like, oh, whatever. It's just guys getting injured, whatever. Like Sometimes when you're playing against them in fantasy, you're like, yeah, that's awesome. Then I had my ACL, and I'm like, every time I hear someone goes out with an ACL injury, I'm like, damn. Like, that just, that sucks so bad for those guys. Um, so yeah, hopefully we see a little bit of like advanced science that can help us with like strengthening ligaments or something like that. Cause it, it's got to catch up. Um, what, what about the upsets today? I know we're not going to go into Baltimore, Miami, no need to go back there. Um, but all of these kind of big underdogs we're seeing, uh, take down kind of giants and doing it. I don't want to say easily, but they're not even like relatively close games. They're just like handing guys losses. Um, what do, what do we think the, the biggest thing is for these massive upsets? Taking, taking teams too easily any given Sunday. Like what, what is it? What do you, what do you guys think? I mean, it, it, there is parity in the league, regardless of what the standings say. And, and regardless of what our, um, you know, preconceived thoughts are going into the matchup of like, Oh, these guys have no chance of beating this team. Um, They are still all professional athletes and there is still some balance there and and some, some, you know, competitive or competitive balance. That's what I should have said um, in in the league. Right. And there is that, that parody to, to make sure that it is even, and we're not seeing, you know, the same teams kick the crap out of, you know, the, the, bottom tier teams week after week after week after week is eventually, I mean, who wants to see that? Like even, even as a, as Ravens fans or as a Seahawks fan, like, yeah, sure. I want to see my team win, but eventually you're going to get bored of seeing your team win repeatedly week after week, after week, after week. And and that's what helps drive. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> turn up your nose, turn up your nose all you want, but like that, that's, what's going to drive ratings for the NFL is that these teams are a lot closer than you think. And and any team can potentially win. Um, I mean that we we saw last week the the Broncos beat the Cowboys, and then this week the Cowboys come out like world beaters, and the Broncos lose to the Eagles. Right, so it's just that that's the excitement of the whole league. Um, I don't know what, what do you think, Jake? Yeah, I'm I'm with you 100. Uh, it's always been, and I think 
maybe even more now than ever, um, the NFL is an any given Sunday type of league, um, perhaps more than some other sports as well. Uh, it Seriously, any Sunday, any Thursday, any Monday, later in the season when they play on Saturday for the playoffs and stuff, literally a team that you think has no shot to win can, can pull an upset. And we see that week in and week out. Um, this week, I don't know if it's necessarily a big upset, but the Patriots smashed the Browns. They yeah. absolutely killed them. That was absolutely an, um, last an upset. Week, yeah, and, and last week we saw the Cardinals without Kyler Murray, without DeAndre Hopkins win, and then this week they didn't really have a shot. Well, so, that's good. Sorry to interrupt. That's because they ran into this juggernaut. Three days ago, McCaffrey split out wide to the right. Newton takes the snap. And he is in for a Panthers touchdown. Takes 10 weeks, 10 weeks off and forgot that you're not allowed to take your helmet off after scoring a touchdown. <laughs> got flagged, got flagged for that one. Um, but yeah, that, that's a great point, right? Is like Last week when I saw that Kyler was out for the Cardinals, I changed my pick. I was like, I had yep. the Cardinals to win. I was like, no way. I'm like, the Niners are going to win this game now. Um, I mean, that probably says more about the, the the Niners than it did the Cardinals in that game, right? When we see the Panthers come out and lay a whooping on the Cardinals today. So um, do, do you think there's part of it as well? Like, do you think that it is, you know, the the good teams overlooking the bad teams do you think there's a little you know letdown games so to speak i think that's that's a big part of it and it really a lot of the letdown games come from a previous week being a very emotional win for, mm-hmm. for the team that you know comes into a game thinking this opponent is not really worth our time uh, and that that seems to be a big issue. And it's something that Steve and I know pretty well, um, being Ravens fans, just over the years, you always get a lap down game or a number of them in, in a season. Yeah, I, I kind of wondered about those like let down game kind of ideas. And, you know, yeah, there's there's the human element where, you know, you you play a, a Steelers on a primetime Sunday night or maybe Monday night or and you're just so, you know, physically exhausted from that game and beat up. And mentally, you're just like, I gave everything I had to that game. And then you come back into a game. I I just have a hard time believing that this idea of parody in the NFL is so strong that, I mean, it, it obviously is because you should not have Washington football team, you know, beating Brady in the Bucks. You should not have, you know, Miami taking out the Ravens easily like there is proof in what the results actually are but I have a hard time believing that you get uh what is it Taylor Heineke I don't even know how to say his last he- name Heineke Heineke right he's out dueling Brady because the league is that close the greatest quarterback of all time is that close to Taylor Heineke not buying it you're telling me Mike Evans Chris Godwin, those guys are that close to okay. Terry McLaurin, stud. Everyone after that, meh, very meh. I I just I always hear parody, and I'm like, is there actually that big of parody where the best of the best, Lamar Jackson, the MVP, 
is getting outdueled by Jacoby Brissett to a combination. I part of me just cannot believe that that actually exists in the world. Yeah, and go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say, I think Jake touched on it there too, is just the emotion that goes into it, right? The emotion that goes into those big games or those letdown games on, on the flip side of things. And I think, um, you know, I, I just showed the clip of Cam Newton and the Panthers who, uh, you know, what I think everybody, everyone else would say unexpectedly beat the Cardinals today. Uh, and I'm going to say that that was an emotional win, right? They just brought back Cam Newton, who was their first overall draft pick. Uh, you know, what was that? 2010, uh, you know, former league MVP, uh, you know, he, they brought him home, so to speak. And, and so emotions were, were high and, and they were going in that game, like, you know, feeling like they were probably on top of the world, especially a guy like Cam Newton, who, you know, has been out of football for the last 10 weeks. So he's like on top of the world, he's ready to go, like ready to prove that, like, no, like you guys all made a mistake by not signing me after Belichick cut me. So, and, and then, you know, on the flip side, the, the letdown games, the Cardinals had a big win last week without Kyler Murray, you know, beating a divisional opponent. Uh, and now this week, all again, without Kyler Murray thinking like, okay, well, we did it last week. Like we could probably do it again this week. Right. And, and just had that, that letdown moment. So sorry, Jake, I, I cut you off. What were you going to say there? Yeah. So Steve was talking about, you know, the difference between a goat and Tom Brady and, and Taylor Heineke and, I, I think there's a lot of truth to what Steve said, but also a comparison like that can't be made um, just uh, straightforward in that fashion because Brady is not going against Heineke. Brady is going against the opposing defense and same, same uh, the other way. And Tampa Bay is decimated in a similar fashion to the Ravens, not to the same extent, but I think they're without their top three corners. So you have to, factor in all of the things um, when you're, when you're talking about a defense versus a quarterback in in an offense in its entirety. Yeah. That's an interesting take on that. Like, obviously, you know, it's, it's the same as saying a quarterback's win loss record. Well, sorry, the quarterback didn't actually win the game, right? It's the team. But I, I guess my, my point would have been like, if you look through the roster of the, the bucks and you look through the roster of Washington and you just go like one for one, give one guy a green and one guy a red. That Bucks team is going to be shining neon green. Like uh, across the board, they outmatch them in every way. And I think that's why we call them upsets, right? Is because you're like, okay, you've got, you know, Lamar Jackson, you've got this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. Who do you have on the other side? Like you literally have nobody. So um jake jake i want to i want to know what was your what would you say was the biggest upset of the week and why hmm. i actually need to get the games in front of me because I'll, I'll probably forget <laughs> sorry I'll probably, I, I, no you're good there. i'll probably forget um a really obvious one just while i'm looking uh i will mention the patriots browns game i picked cleveland but i could definitely see it going either way uh, especially because um, the Browns haven't necessarily been great this year. And, um, you know, Bill Belichick is still one of the greatest head coaches of all time. So I- I'm going to mention that one. And as I pull these scores up, I will give you the next one. Uh, let's see. Big upset. It's funny that you mentioned the the Browns and, and Patriots one. 
Um, that that's where we were gonna go next. So, as you're looking at that, are the are the pats for real? Are they actually are they legitimate right now? Because I think that was their fourth straight win after starting off one and three. Well coached, very strong defense, good special teams. Mac Jones is playing a lot better than I think people anticipated him to in kind of like this. I don't want to say hodgepodge team, but it was the first time they've ever really just went out into free agency and be like, oh, we're going to grab you and we'll take you and come on over like you're the next contestant. Yeah, I um, I, I mean, I, I haven't watched a lot of Patriots games. Um, I, I don't catch too many of the uh, the, the, the 10 a.m. games. I'm, I'm usually too busy in the morning with <laughs> 10 a.m. The, the yeah. La La Land <laughs> games. You guys are so funny to me. Uh, the West Coast life is different. I don't uh, know it. It's amazing. It's But I've been too busy the, on Sunday mornings with uh, my daughter's got swimming lessons and I have to go grocery shopping and just too much going on to, uh, in, unless the Seahawks are playing in that 10 a.m. slot. Um, I, I don't catch too much of those morning games. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mac Jones seems to be, you know, he, everyone's, everyone said it on draft day. Like, are you guys really going to let Mac Jones just fall right into <laughs> Bill Belichick's lap? And right. he's just going to s- coach this guy up and have his franchise quarterback again for the next 10 to 15 years. Um, and I, I, I did see there, there's some salty Niner fans out there too. I, I saw one tweet uh, today. I mean, like, you know, everyone, of course, the comparison, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, who should the Niners have taken? And, and one person was like, come talk to me when when their rookie contracts are up for renewal and, and we'll see who's doing better then and i'm kind of thinking like the way it looks like it's not going to be trey lance but uh, yeah i mean it's, it's still too way too early to say too early for sure yeah, yeah. i mean we, we haven't seen enough of, of trey lance right too small of a sample size from him still but um yeah but yeah i don't know um yeah so i you, did i did get those games um there really weren't a ton if you ask me that that just jump out uh we mentioned the buccaneers game so i would say washington was an upset even though they played at home and then the other one that kind of stands out is the vikings beating the chargers and that was a pretty close game so um nothing against your game which we'll get to but (laughs) i i could very easily see the packers win and and i i predicted that they would um and the other ones don't stand out as upsets yeah i i i think when you let off with the the patriots beating the browns i think that probably is the biggest upset of the week um just i mean rookie quarterback for the patriots um the browns were kind of i don't know like off-season paper champions uh a lot of people are crowning them to to be you know one of the the top tier teams in the afc this year and um, I think they're they're certainly proving otherwise that that they're not. Um, so so yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Are 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 the Pats for real? Is Mac Jones the real deal? Or I think they're pretty solid, especially with how their defense plays. Pretty much um, good football, or even better than that each week. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, we see some good defensive players leave Baltimore and then kind of thrive in other situations. Uh, that's not the way it used to be, but <laughs> it's, it's been more common recently with Zadarius Smith and now Matt Judon already beating his sack record in Baltimore. And we're only, you know, a little over halfway through the season. So it's, it's just so funny. Like 
position and uh, location of where you go to makes such a huge difference. Like, I didn't want to say I could see Matt Judon becoming, you know, a really top, top player. But I mean, first of all, we forget that he was a pro bowler in Baltimore. We also love to look at, oh, sack totals are everything, right? Well, Zadarius Smith is a prime example of why you don't just look at sack totals. His pressures were through the roof. Uh, Green Bay signed him to, you know, big money. I think it was over $60 million for three years. And everyone was sort of scoffing at them like, oh, Zadarius Smith, he only has like four, four and a half sacks or something like that. And old Gutekunst was just licking his chops being like, fine, let him come here because uh, sacks aren't everything. And uh, if there's a more perfect example of that than uh, Odafe Owe for the Ravens right now, not getting a yep. single sack all uh, at Penn State all his senior year, and then looking like potentially defensive player of the year. So, you know, rookie, Ju- rookie defensive player. Yeah, sorry, rookie defensive player yeah, yeah. of the year. Uh, Judon going to the Patriots. I don't, I don't want to say it's a huge shock, but I mean, he's definitely earning his money for Belichick but you've got maybe one of the greatest defensive minds in football to pair up with a pro bowler. Um, yeah, they, they look scary good. They, they, they beat us, you know, when, when Cam Newton was on that team and they had no business beating them. And that's just a simple coaching and their defense is always going to be good. So I think they're for real. Uh, I'm not going to say they're going to dethrone Buffalo right now to uh win that division but you know are they gonna win uh you know a wild card spot uh, i don't think it's out of the question especially when you have kansas city um you know they they kind of came back on track to today but a lot of really weird teams you know jake you mentioned the chargers losing again that's a team that i had you know potentially winning that division all uh together so i think they're for real but you All know right. who isn't for real, Chris? No, before we get into that, oh. let's quickly Delaying talk the about the the time change and oh yeah. The the, the 10 a.m. games versus the um you know one o'clock games, the you know, versus on your end, the one o'clock, the four o'clock, and the eight o'clock. Yep. Um you you were calling so on the on the east coast, the those those I guess, you know. <laughs> 425 starts which are mm-hmm. the 125 starts for us west coasters yeah, yeah. those are your semi primetime games yeah that's what i would call it so here in the states it just depends on your location you normally get two one o'clock games on regular tv and then one four four o'clock game and that that's usually 425 you know they also have the 405 games yeah. um and sometimes it can flip the other way based on the Atlanta Falcons, because I'm in Georgia, if they're playing a 425, then you'll get that game and then maybe one more in the four o'clock realm and only one one o'clock game. But all that being said, it's kind of prime time because you're you're getting into the later hours over here. Um, and there's usually only one game on at that time uh, for, for regular broadcast. And most people don't have Sunday ticket. Thankfully, I have it here because I got to see my Ravens every week. Um, but with that being said, uh, you know, prime time is, you know, five o'clock, basically five o'clock and onwards on the East Coast. And, and what you guys have over there is um, 
is just bizarre to me that 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 the, the four o'clock games are happening at one, which is like the early games here. So it it's definitely a different lifestyle and um, hard to really wrap around. I mean, get your head around that that difference, because, of course, I would I would not agree if I was you guys that like a one twenty five game is is prime because no way, because it's way too early in the day. But right. your games in the evening are only at four something there, right? Yeah, 420. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And I, I could understand why you would call, like on the East Coast, why you would call those 425 starts. Or the, it'd, be the, five, it'd be five. So sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I could understand why you would call those your, your semi primetime games because, like, you're preparing dinner at that time. Like, the game's on while you're eating dinner and, like, and that's for us on the West Coast, right? Like the the, the prime time, the you know five o'clock start or the eight o'clock on on your end. That's our prime time, like dinner, you know, preparing dinner, eating dinner while the game's on. Like I was up at my parents' house for night tonight for dinner. I'm watching the game while having dinner, and and so it, I I I get it. But I guess on the West Coast, like I mean, I've only ever lived on the West Coast, and I just I love that. Like I wake up Sunday morning. Here's how my day went today. I woke up, made a coffee. Turned on my PlayStation, played a little bit, of, little bit of Madden, turned off the game at about nine thirty, caught a little bit of the pregame show, watched a little bit of the ten a.m. game before my wife got home from from, from swimming lessons, went grocery shopping, came back home, made some lunch, watched the one o'clock game. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> after that was over, went up to my parents' house for dinner, watched that game. So it's like I get to watch football all day long, right? Um, but on, I mean, I, I was complaining earlier about how I don't, I don't get to watch a lot of the 10 a.m. time slot lately because of swimming lessons and grocery shopping and what have you. So maybe I do need to be on the on the East Coast so I can get those things done in the morning and spend my entire afternoon watching football. Yeah, yeah, it's it's completely different. Um, I'm interested to, to hear what Steve has to say about it as well. Well, I so I don't know if I could handle the East Coast. And so after you called it La La Land, I was like, you know what? It, it kind of is because if I went to the East Coast and I had to start watching a game at 8.15, 8.20, whatever that is, I would be falling asleep. Like I, I yeah. don't like staying up late. Uh, so we, we thank you for staying up late, you know, especially you have goofs that are like, hey, you want to come, you know, podcast after the primetime game? And you're like, right. dude, that's going to be the next day. Um <laughs> I don't know if I could, yeah, I literally don't know if I could handle the East Coast time zone, especially for like nerves as well. Like when I wake up, you know, you're making breakfast, you're getting your kids ready, stuff like that. You don't really, you don't have time to get nervous before those early games, as I like to call them, the, the 10 a.m. or in your case, the 1 p.m. starts. It's just there. You wake up and you're like, okay. What am I going to do for three hours, four hours while like this nervous energy gets out of me? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel I feel like there's I should know this as a history teacher, but I feel like there's way more people on the East Coast of the, you know, continent as a whole. But it, I feel like the schedules were made for West Coast. I don't know. No, uh, I I, I feel like I'm not I'm not debating the pop, uh, the population. I know California has a huge population, and but overall, I would say there's larger pockets of of people on the East Coast, and really the scheduling lends itself to be to being a 
an East Coast thing because you think about big cities, New York, obviously. And when you're thinking about football, it would be like ludicrous to think, okay, we're going to go to the NFL game. It's at 10 a.m. Like that, that's not how it works. <laughs> that is not how it works. These, these NFL games start at 1 p.m. here on the East Coast and the teams that are on the East Coast play at that time because it makes sense. Um, even college football, they play a little bit earlier. That first time slot's 12, 12 p.m. here on the East Coast, and that also makes sense. But when you're getting into the morning hours, um, it clearly doesn't blend with um, the normal schedule of a football team. So I think that's kind of how it started. Mm -hmm. New York, um, that whole area, that market is um, kind of what drives the whole thing. But then um, California is big with media and everything. So you get that. Yeah, you get the whole West Coast timing as well. Well, and clearly they think that that one o'clock or one, one o five, one twenty five time slot is the ideal time slot, just depending on on what coast you're on. Because I mean, the West Coast games kick off at that same one o five, one twenty five is what the East Coast games um, do. So obviously, obviously, there's something there that they're like, okay, this is the ideal kickoff yeah. time. Um, but like, I guess one last question about it is you know sorry to bring it up guys the the, the thursday night game <laughs> so i mean that game ended at what like just after 11 o'clock your time and you're upset you're <laughs> angry and now you have to go right to bed yeah that's the <laughs> way that's the way it, that's the way it works here it's pro probably not good for for a lot of people but yeah uh, yeah i mean i would definitely appreciate your schedule. I, I think I could get used to the West coast um, for those reasons, but uh, it's pretty clear that it was set up with thinking about the East coast and then prime time, really thinking about both, both sides, mm -hmm. you know, pretty much an all encompassing thing, because if they want to have a prime time game, it has to be after people have worked and finished their yep. day all the way on the West coast which is why you can't start the game until 8.20 here on the East Coast because then it's like 5.20 there on the West Coast and like hopefully they're done and on their way home. Yeah, that makes a lot of yeah. sense. It's almost like they, they made the schedule with the players in mind on the East Coast. Right. Um, like from a viewer standpoint, I prefer the, the West Coast schedule. Um, it, it makes a lot more sense. I mean, loss or win... You know, there's there's been some big overtime, you know, games. I'm I'm thinking of like, uh, you know, that big uh, Cleveland game that was Sunday night game last year. All the years blend together now, um, and it's you know 8:30 yeah, p.m. Yeah. my time, and I'm like I'm jacked up after a win, <laughs> and I'm like I'm not going to bed tonight. And then I think of people on the East Coast, and I'm like. Well, I mean, they're not going to bed tonight because it's already the morning, but you're, you're not even going to bed like at all in the morning because you're just yeah. way too jacked up on it. Yeah, that's funny. Um, well, Chris, let's ruin your day now. So how did the Seahawks do today? I heard there was something involving a bagel boy. Is that true? that's a goose egg a bagel boy an O. I don't know what you want to call it but that is zilch yeah the uh the seahawks stayed in seattle um i think and and i don't know who that was out on the field um wearing the seahawks jerseys but uh 
first shutout in Russell Wilson's career. Oh, I didn't know last that. Time the, yeah, last time the Seahawks were shut out was uh, back in 2011. I think it was – they flashed a graphic up on the screen today during the game. I can't remember if it was like September 2011 or December 2011 or – I don't know. Either way, 2011. So the season before they drafted Russell Wilson. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's his first shutout in his – at least professional career. I don't know if he got shut out at all in college. I think shutouts in college are probably even more rare than they are in the NFL though. Um, the Seahawks have not won in Lambeau since 1999 and it looks like that streak is continuing. Um, so funny. Yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. Like there, there's a lot of people on Seahawks Twitter saying like, oh, they shouldn't have played Russell Wilson and he wasn't ready to come back yet and he's still not healthy enough and he's rusty and he's this and he's that and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, yeah, but like the offensive line still didn't protect well enough to give him time to throw the ball. So like, sure, throw Geno Smith back there, but he's also not going to have enough time to throw the ball. So like Seahawks fans, like, relax calm down chill out like we're not having a quarterback controversy here like this isn't (laughs) this is russell wilson's team it's not geno smith's team like sure geno looked okay these last three weeks um but the packers brought the pressure today and the seahawks could not withstand the pressure Dwayne brown who has been you know like very very steady in that left tackle position he didn't play well today. Damian Lewis didn't play well today. Gabe Jackson, who's been super steady all season, didn't play well today. So, like, don't create something out of nothing. And this is Russell Wilson's team. And if Russell Wilson, again, this offseason, tries to force his hand and force his way out of Seattle, well, I hope all of you Seahawks fans have enjoyed these last 10 years with Russell Wilson. Because we're not going to get this again for a very long time. It's not very often that you you know fall into these franchise quarterbacks like a Russell Wilson. So stop trying to create a quarterback controversy because it's not there. It's non-existent. Russell's our guy. And if he's healthy, you play him. And I don't want to hear like, oh, well, like maybe he wasn't healthy. Like, yeah, sure, he missed some throws today. But he also had a bandage on his middle finger on his throwing hand. So was that affecting things? Maybe, probably, who knows? Like there's no, nobody's going to come out one way or the other to say they guess it was affecting him or, or it wasn't, but he made some uncharacteristically high throws throwing right over top of Tyler Lockett, which you don't see Russ do those things. So I, I do think having, especially because it is his middle finger, having that finger affected was affecting his throws today. I don't know. Um, I'm still going to, if I'm the Seahawks, and again, I don't have a, a card in this game. I don't really care what they do if they win or lose. If I'm the Seahawks, 50% Russell Wilson starts over 100% Geno Smith. I will take the upside of 50% yeah. Russell Wilson, then 100% Geno Smith. Uh, Jake, how many top tier like game-changing franchise quarterbacks have the Ravens had in their history? <laughs> one. One. Chris? Yeah, one. Seattle? One. One. Like, when we say that team, like, these kind of players don't fall into your lap, 
you know, Green Bay is it's ironic they're playing Green Bay because Green Bay just turns them over seamlessly. Uh, it just doesn't happen. And so, like, yeah, stop making that controversy and just even, just sorry. allow Russ to to be a franchise quarterback. They don't happen. Yeah, and sorry to try to cut you off there, but, like, even then, Green Bay, like, Aaron Rodgers fell right into their laps, right? Like like Mac Jones and, and, and the Patriots. You were talking about him earlier. Like, I'm not going to say Mac Jones is a franchise quarterback this early in his career, but, um, I mean, we all remember that – 2004 NFL draft and seeing sad Aaron Rodgers sitting at the table <laughs> all by himself, just waiting for his name to be called. Right. So they, they kind of, you know, lucked into that situation or, or, or what have you, that nobody managed to trade up to go grab this guy. But I just, I don't know, seeing that, seeing that crap on, on Twitter just pisses me off. Like just stop trying to create this false narrative. Like I saw some people calling for, um, for Gino, for for the Seahawks to bench Russ and put Gino in, I'm just like, <laughs> I I mostly avoid like I'm I've, I'm usually quite active on Twitter during a Seahawks game. I was pretty quiet today because I was avoiding it because I was seeing that stuff and I was just like, I don't need to get into a Twitter argument over something so meaningless that like I mean. Steve, you, you can relate. We we're longtime suffering Canucks fans, and um, we remember the Roberto Luongo, you know, multiple goalie controversies with, you know, Corey Schneider and Eddie Lack and, and and what have you, and his backup quarter or his backup goalies, right? Um, so it's just, it, it's super frustrating. Um, stop it! Just stop. Anyways, <laughs> let's talk about the game. <laughs> Um, did, did you guys watch the game at all? Jake, did you watch the uh, game? I watched a number of games. So I, I flipped back and forth on the Packers a little bit. Uh, I watched a good bit of the Chargers Vikings game. You know, I like to, to switch it around and check out my fantasy players. And, you know, I, I have some guys on different teams. So I, uh, I do the, I do the exact same thing. If it's not my team playing. Yeah. So when it's the Seahawks playing, I don't change the channel. Mm, yeah. Yeah. When, when it's all the other teams playing, I'm like, oh, there's my fantasy player. Oh, there's my fantasy <laughs> player. Oh, there's my fantasy player. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys ever do it where you watch your fantasy player, but if there's a game on and it's the fantasy players you're playing against, you have to turn it off because every snap is a potential loss of points. You ever do it the opposite way like that? Hmm. No. Uh, it depends. Sometimes I'll, I'll still watch a game that has players i'm going against and then during that game i'm just rooting for those guys to do poorly yeah yeah i just yeah. stress myself I, and, out instead, like that. instead of just like flipping it off like and yeah. not not watching that particular game so. wait i think i just came up with a multi-million dollar idea and if the i hope roger goodell's listening slice bread they is need a to, thing already they need to come up with some sort of like you know like jake was talking about like there's like nfl sunday ticket and there's nfl red zone and what have you they need to come up with some sort of like streaming or like automatic on-demand service where you can like input your fantasy football roster and it just automatically like flips the screen to how your fantasy guys are doing that'd be pretty cool right i, I know there's already something not quite not quite as advanced as that but um i'm pretty sure 
that it can show your fantasy team on the right side of the screen. It's either like on NFLnetwork.com or whatever, um, NFL.com, or it's on the station. And you can like sign into your account. And if it's just like one team, it'll put all the guys in there, but it's not going to switch to all the different games. I just want to see like, hey, look. Yeah. It's like he caught a pass and then it goes boom, right right to that game. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah. 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 Patrick Mahomes threw a touchdown. Or, it's yeah. like red zone. Alan Robinson for caught a team. touchdown. Or, yeah. yeah. It's very much like red zone, but like yeah. even more specific. Get on it, Roger Goodell. You, you guys have the money. You can make that happen. But we want, um, we want royalties. Yeah. Whatever yeah. royalties come from that, the three of us will split it. Yeah, that is uh, that is officially trademarked by us. So <laughs> don't steal our idea. A um, couple other things really quick about about the game here. Um, the Seahawks pass, pass rush just, they need to figure it out. They can't get home. They need to get more pressure on the quarterback. I don't know if they need to blitz more, which is like super against the Seahawks, you know, style of play and and ken norton doesn't typically blitz his linebackers too much or i mean regardless of what jamal did last year they don't blitz their safeties too much either i mean earl thomas didn't get his first career sack until he was in baltimore um so they, they need to figure something out with their pass rush because the four d linemen that they have aren't getting the job done uh carlos dunlap is uh I think showing his age, Daryl Taylor is starting to get double teamed. Um, so th- they need to figure that out. Uh, I hate to be this guy. The refing sucked today. It was brutal. Packers fans. I don't want to hear anything about the fail Mary anymore. The, the, the golden Tate uh, miraculous game winning touchdown catch. Call it what you want it. Um, that Aaron Rodgers fumble was total BS. Uh, Daryl Taylor recovered that fumble, and the the referees gave the tie to the offense. Um, Kevin King had an interception that he caught it, dropped it, picked it back up, and the referee literally waved his arms incomplete, but then went like this for touchback. I'm like, <laughs> what, what, like which one is it? And I think they what they ended up saying was that he intercepted the ball, made enough of a touchdown movement, and then fumbled it. But it was an in touchback still. Like it was just it 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 made no sense. Um, the Jamie Lewis. I'm trying Lewis to picture what called. actually happened there. I'll have to go look that up. Uh, here, I, I've got it here. I, I kind of want to watch it just to make fun of you. Inside the three for a first. Third down. Pressure from the edges. Pressure. Backs up away from it. Goes in zone. And it's intercepted in the end zone. Oh, he dropped it. Oh, he did dropped he? it at the last moment. Kevin King. No, it hit him right in the chest. Did he drop it? Why is he dancing around? Man, like, that's did, bad. Did Ooh. you see the ball on the turf? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's bad. Ooh. Right? Like, how was that an <laughs> interception? But then he dropped it and it's still a touchback. And like, it, it, like yeah. it's uh, again, I don't want to hear anything about the fail Mary anymore. Packers fans. You, you, you shut your mouth, you shut your mouth when you're talking to me. Uh, <laughs> talk, um, talking Damian to a few Lewis, specific Packers fans in, in particular there, right? Yeah. N- not, not a Packers fan that might be like associated with a Ravens fan on this show. 
<laughs> we oh, could be oh, talking Jay, about a couple Jay, different ones still too. <laughs> I, I got into it a little bit with Dave earlier, but that's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I was gonna say Dave, Jay, our buddy Kyle, all yeah. of them. You yeah, I know a few Packers now. fans. Um, in the right before halftime, uh, the Seahawks were in field goal range. They ran a like a last second play just to run more time off the clock, and Damian Lewis got called with a holding penalty, which then pushed Seattle out of field goal range. And they show the replay. Damian Lewis got bull rushed and put on his ass. There's absolutely no way that he could have held the defensive player in in that position. Even Tony Romo was like, that's not a hold. And so Seattle went into halftime and into the final score with zero points. Um, Lastly here, uh, DK Metcalf got ejected from the game. Uh, I didn't know it. Uh, you guys probably didn't know it because you probably didn't watch the game. Everyone that was watching the game didn't realize because the referee never actually announced that DK Metcalf got ejected from the game. <laughs> he, like, he got it here. I'll show you guys the, the, the skirmish he got into. So Steve and I were talking about this a little bit um, beforehand and DK Metcalf needs to stop worrying about being the biggest guy on the field and just be the biggest guy on the field. Stop proving to everyone how big and strong and tough you are and just go be that big and strong and tough guy and just play football. Um, I, I, I think a lot of opposing teams have realized that they can get DK off his game by getting in his ear getting his face being like, nope, you didn't catch that <laughs> one. Uh, and, that, and that's exactly what started this whole skirmish is like they, they rushed through, through him the ball and the DB did, you know, one of these. like, <laughs> And and DK just went and off the handle, right? And, we, I mean, we saw it a couple of weeks ago against the Saints where he was spent most of the game trying to, you know, play big, bo- big boy football against Marshawn Lattimore. Um, just focus on beating your defender catching the ball and scoring touchdowns because you are the biggest, strongest, fastest receiver on the field. Just go be that guy and stop having this, you know, like it's it's almost like he has like little men, little man mentality where it's like, no, I have to prove it. I have to prove that I'm the biggest and strongest and fastest. Like, no, just go be that guy. You want to know what proves being the biggest, fastest, strongest guy is doing what Megatron used to do. And that's being big, fast, strong, and putting up touchdowns and yards consistently. Like, yeah, there's or no- Terrell Owens, right? There's nothing like you know we we've all played a lot of sports in our lives. There's nothing more intimidating than when somebody scores a touchdown, scores like a goal in hockey, and sort of just walks back. Like I've done this a million times. You're like, oh, that like you can chirp in my face all you want. You get that everywhere. But the guy that like makes an unreal play and just like meh whatever i'll go back to the huddle you're like okay that guy just embarrassed me and he don't even care that he embarrassed me like damn that's big yeah yeah um it, it was pretty funny i don't know if you guys saw it. it after he got ejected 
apparently, because like I said, n- nobody had any idea. Um, he didn't get led out of the stadium. They allowed him to stay on the sideline. So then on third down, he put his helmet back on. And he tried to get back on the field. And the referee came up to him and said, no, 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 like you've been ejected. And it's just like <laughs> m- mass mass confusion. Um, after the game in the press conference, he was asked like, you know, like what happened there. And he just said, paraphrasing here, but he's tired of losing and that the offense needs to get the ball to the playmakers because him and Tyler Lockett combined for eight yards receiving in the first half, um, which is not good enough. Again, I already touched on it. Russ didn't have enough time to throw the ball today. Um, Seattle seemed to really abandon the running game for some reason as well. I don't, I don't know what happened there. Um, I don't know if it just wasn't clicking or if they're just not trusting Alex Collins. Um, D Eskridge was a ghost. I think he had one touch for negative yards um, after being activated off the IR and Pete saying like, he's full go, he's full go. Like he's ready to go full speed. Like, and then he gets one jet sweep for, for negative yards. So I don't know, super frustrating game. It is what it is. I mean, I'm uh, pretty much at the point where I'm probably going to rate this season off, which sucks. Um, the Seahawks don't own their own first round draft pick this year <laughs> either that uh, New York jets have that in the Jamal Adams trade. So uh, hopefully Seattle's not writing the season off. Like I am <laughs> because, <laughs> because uh, I don't want to see the jets uh, end up with a top 10 draft pick. That was actually the Seahawks that they could have used on. I don't know a center like maybe they should have this year like a guy like i don't know creed humphrey that would have been nice that would have been a luxury to have a you know bona fide stud at center rather than a you know third wide receiver i just want to say that our our friend kyle had a, a great tweet a while ago and if you missed it he said you may think pete is a terrible coach who the league has passed by in reality, he is a genius who benched his best quarterback to commit to tanking for a better second-round pick. <laughs> <laughs> and I just had to give that a little bit of airtime because that that's such a clever troll. I love it. I, I saw it, and I chose it. to ignore it. I know you did. Um, okay. I think everybody knows what time it is right now. Uh, if you're asking yourself, is it midnight over on the East Coast? Yes, it is. So we're going to get to everyone's favorite segment, the third down. Christopher? Yes. Take it away. Uh, it is time for the third down. Everybody's favorite segment. Everybody knows the rules. Jake, I know you know the rules. I'm going to give you guys some head-to-head matchups, uh, you know, of a super top-secret category, and you are going to pick your winner in that head-to-head matchup. Uh, At the end of it, I'm going to recap your choices. You're going to give me your MVP. And, uh, well, because this week we have a guest, I get to choose who's the winner between Steve and Jake. Feeling lucky. Feeling lucky today. (laughs) 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 Overconfident already, Steve. I don't like it. It's not a good look on you, bud. Um, As always, the third down is presented by Bad Tattoo Brewing in Kelowna. Be sure to go check them out at badtattoobrewing.com. Sign up for the Bad Tattoo Beer Club. Uh, They just came out with a new one today. I just got the email 
uh, for their No Bad Haze, Hazy Pale Ale. Uh, so you can go order uh, 24 tall boys of the new Hazy Pale Ale from the Bad Tattoo Beer Club. Get it shipped directly to your doorstep all across Canada. And if Hazy Pale Ale isn't your style, well, the Advent calendar is still available, guys, and Christmas is right around the corner. So don't forget to get that Advent calendar. Again, that is badtattoobrewing.com. Uh, this week, guys, for the third down battle, I mean, Steve and I went to Bad Tattoo Kelowna a couple weeks ago. We had some really, really delicious pizza. And I thought, why not do a head-to-head matchup of the pizza battle? So, Steve, Jake, I have to ask. I know it's late, Jake, but are you ready? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Steve, are you ready? Yeah, just before that, Jake, when you uh, make your way up to Canada here, you're going to come to Kelowna, and we're going to take you down to Bad Tattoo. Enjoy their pizza. Enjoy their beer. Uh, I had to show you this one. I've been saving this one. We got ourselves. Nice. I've been, I know you've been listening to us, but I've been hammering this stuff. Yeah, there we go. Uh, <laughs> this whole month, I just can't get enough of it. Chocolate, but chocolate peanut butter porter. If you still haven't got yours, uh, make sure you get yours. But when you come up to Kelowna, Jake, uh, we're going to, we're going to hook you up with some bad tattoo stuff so you can take home. Uh, For sure. Or, or, or if we can figure out a way to get it shipped down across the border, we, we, we we know bad tattoo can't do it because of duty and, and everything else. We don't know if as uh, regular civilians, if we're <laughs> allowed to ship beer across the border or not. Um, something we haven't looked into yet, but, uh, but, but maybe sometime soon here, we'll, we'll try to figure that out and yeah. get you some of this, uh, some of this local Kelowna beer. Sounds good. Uh, for the first matchup guys, uh, I thought I'd go with the crust. So, for this first matchup, we have thin crust versus stuffed crust. I mean, I guess you could throw in pan crust or pan pizza in there as well, which is like, I don't know, in my opinion, super, super greasy. So I, I, I went with like just a thin crust versus a stuffed crust. I um, mean, if you want to throw in an other, I'm okay with that too. Uh, Jake, what is your preferred crust style? I need more detail on what thin crust is in, in this particular scenario. Uh, is thin crust like your local chains? Um, do you guys have like Papa John's, Pizza Hut, Domino's, like that kind of thing? Or are we just talking about in general, you can go anywhere in the world. Um, my The best pizza I ever had was in Pompeii. Um, I've only done the overseas thing once. Um, I did pizza in Rome as well, and it is thinner there, but I don't know if that's what we're talking about, thin crust, or if we're talking about your chain, and then my answer will differ. God damn it. He's putting you first on the question, spot. First question he's asking Ooh. for stipulations, hey? Yeah. Get him. Get him. Um, I mean, whatever, like, I guess when like when we went to bad t- bad tattoo, I, w- I would call that more of a thinner crust, like kind of crispier, a little crunchy, um, like a little bit like yeah. If you want to go with like the the chain franchise thin crust, I'm okay with that. If you want to be like you know the pizza I had in Pompeii was a thin crust and it was better too. Like I mean we we all know what stuffed crust is. Um, 
thin cr- or, or pan or, or even home style. Um, thin crust is just, yeah, the, the, the thinner style, like almost like a, I don't want to say homemade, but like, yeah, like more of that, like I would call it probably the, the, the European style. Yeah. Yeah. So European style is my favorite. Um, if, if that's what we're talking about, thin crust, yes, a hundred percent. Like it is a, a brick oven, you know, it, it could be, um, wood burning fire. That is, that is ideal. That, um, also coal fired pizza is very good too. <laughs> um, it's very similar to, um, the wood, wood burning, but th- that would be my answer. Stuffed crust comes below that. And then pan pizza, like you mentioned, is pretty greasy. It can be good, but it, it's pretty greasy as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you guys remember, I can't remember how long ago it was where like pizza, didn't pizza have, have like hot dogs in their crust? Like, <laughs> I think they did something crazy like, like that. five years. It, it's probably even longer than five years ago. And like, like, here's hot dogs in her crust and like this special mustard dip. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, I tried it. Like, so it's not like I'm super judgmental of pizza, Hut, but I definitely tried it. <laughs> um, and I would call the pizza a bad tattoo, like more of that European, like forno brick oven style um, pizza. Um, Steve, what's your choice? Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of stuff crust at all. Uh, I don't really like, crust on a pizza maybe that's why my daughter eats all the good stuff and then just kind of checks the crust away as well um so when you have like a a thinner kind of european style with the crust uh, i really like that i don't like dipping my pizza in like you know ranches and stuff like that so maybe that's where i've not liked that stuff or like thicker crust style pizza I also like a little bit of like char on the bottom, not burnt, but it's got like a nice like char that kind of like contrasts like all the, the sweet and richness of your toppings and cheese. So, uh, yeah, I, I would definitely go with thin crust as well. Yeah. Um, there's a, uh, there, there's a pizza place right by my work, um, that they put sesame seeds on their crust. Super. Don't make a face. It's super underrated super like it, it, it's like nice and like crispy and like crunchy crust and then like the sesame seeds add a bit of an element to it and uh yeah it, steve be- before you move away from your current location i i recommend that you try that pizza place by my work i'm not I mean, gonna name drop them i so. mean like turning your nose up at something isn't that what an underrated place would be like not a lot of people would think that's something good. So you should almost like turn your, like scratch yeah. your face at it. Yeah. When I first heard it, I was like, Oh, like that's kind of weird, but no, it, it, it works. It, it's, it's pretty good for sure. You also tried mustard on watermelon and we're like, that's not that bad. So tastes, uh... it wasn't that bad. <laughs> you ever tried it, Jake? <laughs> I stand by it. It wasn't that bad. Um, okay guys. Uh, next matchup, we have the, uh, this is style or, or recipe of pizza. So we have the classic pepperoni, um, which I will stand by. Nobody does the classic pepperoni better, which I mean, I, I guess as far as chains go, Pizza Hut does the classic pepperoni probably the best as far as the the big time chains go versus a Hawaiian pizza. And Jake, I have to ask you, does pineapple belong on pizza? <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, this is a a big debate among uh, pizza eaters, which is most, <laughs> most people, um, man, it, it really depends on the place. Uh, 
it can be good, but I know it's it's not um, it's not super common uh, that that the majority of people like it. It's very divisive to say that you like pineapple on pizza. So that would not be my choice out of the two. I love a classic pepperoni. Um, so that's what I'm going to go with here. But a, a Hawaiian pizza done the right way um, can can still be pretty tasty. Yeah, I, I love that. It's a divisive is the best way to say it. Like you want to start yeah. a fight somewhere just like yeah. two, two things I can think of. And one of them I was fighting about earlier this week pineapple on pizza or is die hard a christmas movie say any of those two <laughs> things to your common person and it's like all right i came to fight today apparently um okay i'm gonna show my cards here i think pineapple belongs on pizza and not only belongs it needs to be on pizza you have to have contrasting flavors chris doesn't understand this because he's got a palate of a child uh, but you get that nice sweetness from a pineapple. Whenever you have pineapple on a pizza, you got to go with something like a feta cheese on there to like contrast it with that, like nice saltiness. Um, it is the pizza I will go to 99% of the time. Ham and pineapple, chuck some feta on there. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss it. Have you have ever you- done, have you ever done the jalapeno? Or like you have to have a little spice contrast too with that sweetness of of the pineapple. I have not had that, but it sounds that sounds like it really works. Yeah, you know, not so, like mustard on watermelon, but <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite pizzas is uh, is from Boston Pizza, which I think down in the, down in the, the states. I, I don't know if it reaches as far south, but Boston's sure. place. Yeah, I, I think down in down in um, I know they have one in in Washington. It's called Boston's Place instead of Boston P- Boston's Pizza or whatever. Um, is the tropical chicken pizza? So instead of a pizza sauce, it's an Alfredo base. It's got uh, spicy chicken, bacon, and pineapple on it, and that is one of my all time favorite pizzas. I don't order it enough because Boston Pizza is just outrageously priced. Um, especially when I'm trying to feed a family of four. So usually when it's pizza night, it's like, nope, sorry, we're not doing Boston pizza kids. Um, have you ever done pepperoni with pineapple? Yeah, I have. It's good. It's a good combo. Yep. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah it, it definitely works. Again, kind of like not so much like the spicy jalapeno, but like just that like um, sweet and savory combination that, that kind of goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um the next matchup, we have the uh, don't put this on my pizza matchup. And I already know what Steve's answer is going to be, but I'm going to throw it out there anyways. So we have mushrooms versus anchovies. And I had a couple different options here. I had like olives. I had onions. I had shrimp. I think sh- I think shrimp on pizza is absolutely disgusting. Um, onions I can handle. Uh, I didn't include olives because I know Steve will eat olives on his pizza. Um my personal preference, I don't like them, but I'll, if they're there, I'll eat them. Um, but mushrooms, I mean, like I said, I, I know Steve's answer uh, versus anchovies. Uh, let's start with Jake on this one. It, this is tough for me because um, I, I wouldn't really classif- classify myself as a picky eater at all. But there are a couple things I do not like 
um, and mushrooms are one of them. I know a lot of people really do. <laughs> a lot of people really do like mushrooms. Um, so I would never choose to put mushrooms on my pizza personally. Uh, I also wouldn't choose to put ancho anchovies on there either. So uh, it's kind of tough to say. If um, I've tried this thing called a Caesar salad pizza before. And if the anchovies were like technically in the salad dressing, because that is kind of a more, you know, high end version of a Caesar salad dressing. If it was in there and it was disguised and it was kind of lightly on the pizza, I would definitely go with that. Um, but just straight up anchovies versus mushrooms. I can stomach mushrooms on a pizza. I've had to do it before. Um, when my wife and I were just dating, uh, I went to, I went to this restaurant with her mom after a, a play that, that my wife was a part of. And oddly enough, um, Glenda, that's, that's her mom's name, ordered a hamburger pizza with extra mushrooms. And I just sat there and took it like a champ. And I, and I ate the pizza with just like so many mushrooms on there. Uh, but I would never choose to do that. So I, I guess my answer is complicated, but that's, that's kind of what it is. So is is your answer mushrooms or anchovies? I I don't I don't know. I <laughs> I said I said no mushrooms, but I can eat it. I said no anchovies unless it's in a dressing. So I I, I think mushrooms is the answer then? Yeah, we'll just an- mushrooms. I don't know. Okay. I don't I, know. It, you get, you I, gave me a lose lose proposition. I did. I did. <sighs> Jake, did okay. we just become best friends? Yep. Yep, we did. Uh, I think you guys did. I uh, Not only were you speaking my language to a T, mushrooms do not belong on pizza, but then you threw out the caveat story there that changed it. Like, we're actually best friends. So my mother-in-law <laughs> uh, loves mushrooms on pizza as well. And, you know, being the the person who was dating her daughter, uh, she ordered mushrooms on the pizza. I'm over there for dinner. My now wife knows I hate mushrooms on pizza, and I ate those things like a champ. I sucked them back, and I was like, yeah, I'm not hungry anymore, I guess. Like, starving before a hockey game, down two pieces, and I'm like, nope, I'm just going to hockey hungry because this is disgusting. Mushrooms are fungus. We all know that they're fungus. It's ridiculous to even think you would put them on anything, anything, let alone a pizza. Why are you, why are you doing that? Um, and you know what? I've never had anchovies on pizza, but I will try that a thousand times over before I'll ever put a mushroom on my own pizza. It's funny, uh, Jake, when you mentioned about anchovies being in Caesar dressing, um, when I was traveling overseas, I went out for, honestly, it was lunch with, uh, I, I've got some family overseas and they, they took us out for this um, lunch, this kind of fancier type of restaurant. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Like I'll, I'll get the Caesar salad. Right. And they bring up the Caesar salad. It's like a wedge salad. So you have to chop it up first of all. And it had literally sliced anchovies on top of the salad. And I was like, yeah, can you guys send this one back and like bring me a different one that doesn't have an- anchovies on it? Because like, ah. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> I am apparently the only mushroom eater in this room right now. Uh, mushrooms absolutely belong on pizza. Um, you guys will be happy to know my wife disagrees. My wife hates mushrooms as well. So like we found a place that we'll do like half and half. So we'll order like a, a, you know, Canadian pizza is a, is a kind of staple in this household where it's like pepperoni, mushrooms, and green peppers with my wife hates both of those things. So it's like half pepperoni, half that Chris will just eat. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm okay with that. Um, last matchup, we have battle of the big time chains, Ah, so are you, if you're ordering pizza from a chain restaurant, are you ordering from Pizza Hut or are you ordering from Domino's? Gosh, dang it. It really depends. <laughs> it, it really depends on, on what I'm feeling. Uh, so I'll give a quick story here. Um, I did not think very highly of Domino's for the longest time. And then I went to college and Domino's was close by, and I became acquainted to Domino's uh, with with my buddies, um, and I really started liking it, um, maybe even more than Pizza Hut. And then since that time, uh, I haven't had e- much of either of them. Um, so it's tough to say. Pizza Hut was better growing up. There's kind of a nostalgia to it, but it's not necessarily great. Um, and I think Domino's has upped their game from what they were previously. So I'll go with Domino's just because I think Steve is going to go with Pizza Hut to give a, <laughs> a, a different answer. All right. Um, I'm actually not. Believe it or not, um, Domino's, if I'm going to a chain, Domino's is my go-to. And I think it's because they've actually upped their pizza game, like you were saying, Jake. And I think Pizza Hut... I mean, this is obviously in Canada and, and local to who who even owns the chain of the restaurant. Um, but Pizza Hut, to me, just seems very greasy. So, you know, when you said, like, it's very nostalgic, when we went out for dinner as family, we would always go to Pizza Hut. And I just thought it was the greatest thing ever. Like, who cares if it's greasy? I'm a kid. Like, give me the grease. Give me the... This was like when you had to, like, pour your own fountain drink. And you would yeah. get like the swamp water and like just run it through all of them. Like just disgusting taste like every kid has. Um, Domino is it's my go to uh, of all the chains around. So I'm actually going to pick Domino's. How much of that answer goes into like Domino's is not really a sit down establishment in Pizza Hut. You know, growing up definitely was more of that. And they still have places that you can sit down and eat and it's a little bit more welcoming in that way see back home up up here in uh where where we are in Kelowna there's no sit down pizza hut restaurants anymore they're all takeout I mean Uh, COVID COVID's a huge part of that too but I don't know if that's just I I I love driving by the old pizza hut places that there's one actually out by where Steve lives and uh and, and you can tell it it's the old pizza because it's got the like the the, the classic d- design like the the i don't right. know what is it but like the, ha- the, the hat yeah the, the, the hat roof yeah exactly right um but uh but yeah and that, that, that pizza used to be mine and my wife's go-to place um but then we were just like every time i ate it i felt like crap so i was like <laughs> i like i can't keep eating pizza hot pizza because i 
and like even when we order it now i don't order pan pizza anymore i order either home style or thin crust my daughter really really bad my my daughter's birthday is coming up and she's got her birthday party next week and she goes mom can you order me the pizza with the cheese in the crust and my, my mm-hmm. wife's like first of all no i'm not ordering that for all of you and your friends because <laughs> that's too expensive but I'll, I'll order that for our family one night. I'm like, oh, God damn it. I have to eat pizza out again soon, that means. But at least I can order, the again, the the, the classic pepperoni that uh, that nobody does better than Pizza Hut. Um, okay, guys. Um, I mean, I think you did just become best friends because you have so many similar answers, and it's no wonder you guys cheer for the same football team. <laughs> right. um, Ravens fans just know pizza better. That's right. Yeah. That's a fact, actually. So, Science. Your recaps here, you both chose thin crust pizza. You both chose mushrooms over anchovies as much as you hate them. You both chose Domino's over Pizza Hut. So the deciding factor was Jake chose pepperoni pizza and Steve chose the Hawaiian pizza. Now, I do agree that pineapple does belong on pizza. However... You cannot beat that classic no. pepperoni, Steve. No, and therefore, this week, our guest, Jake Vogel, gets the first down. Move those chains. Move those chains. All right. If I was going to lose to somebody, at least it's somebody with really good taste. So I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll accept that one. And the fact that he made Chris say mushrooms suck. I didn't. Nope. Well, you, you kind of had to because, you know. That was the consensus of the podcast. So um, you heard it here first. Mushrooms I suck. Wish I, I, I wish I had a mushroom. Actually, no, that's not true. I would never eat a raw. <laughs> raw mushrooms are disgusting. Uh, I only want your cooked mushrooms. My my wife uh, is getting our kids to eat, you know, their vegetables and stuff like that. And she loves mushrooms as well. And every time they eat raw mushrooms, I'm just like, I used to look at them and I do this like little kid thing. I'm like, Ew, you guys are eating mushrooms, and today they had mushrooms and they threw them aside. And I was like, yeah, I'm so proud of you kids. Like, yes. Yeah. No, r- raw mushrooms are gross. They, they, I'm I'm a I'm a texture eater. Yeah. Um, so like I, I don't eat bananas because I don't like the texture. Um so I, I don't eat raw mushrooms for that same reason. Um apparently I prefer my mushrooms um cooked and slimy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a contrast of taste. <laughs> but again, uh, that was another great third down presented by Bad Tattoo Brewing. Again, be sure to go sign up for the Bad Tattoo Beer Club at badtattoobrewing.com. Definitely. Um, we decided not to go with a mailbag because uh, Jake has already been kind enough with his time. It is now almost 1.30 in the morning for him. Uh, no, sorry. One. Almost one o'clock in the morning. Same thing. It, it's the next day. It sucks. Uh, he's going to be tired for work. Uh, <laughs> we appreciate you coming on, Jake. Uh, we want to give you the next you know, minute or so to give yourself a little shameless plug here. Tell people where they can find you, some of the cool things you're doing uh, you know, with your podcast and with, with your brewing. Yeah, so you guys can find me on Twitter. I'm very active on there. Uh, so I, I love to interact. If you have questions about college football, Ravens, um, if you just want to talk about NFL in general, that's 
more so what I stick to. Um, a lot of football talk. Uh, I am at Real Jake Vogel. Uh, I also am part of a podcast with Jay Andrews. We've actually missed the number of episodes recently. Um, hopefully we can we can start that back up. But it's called First in Goal Pod. You can find that on Spotify and a number of other places um, for podcasts where we uh, we just pick all of the NFL games, the over-unders, um, the spreads, you name it. Uh, so that's a lot of fun. And then something else that I do on the regular is a YouTube thing with Jason from Huddle It Up Films. Uh, if you look up Huddle It Up Films on YouTube, um, it's Jason Garnett and I, and we preview the Ravens games each and every week. Um, so we try to do that a couple days before the upcoming game so that people can view it and it's, it's worth your time. So uh, I'm enjoying doing all of that stuff. Uh, I am a head brewer, so I, I brew beer, I keg it, I can it. I'm constantly working on that. So if you're in Georgia, make sure to look up Oconee Brewing Company, O-C-O-N-E-E brewing company um it's named after the lake uh one of the biggest lakes in georgia uh so uh there's a lot of fun to be had if you come visit greensboro georgia yeah i know i know we've talked about it before it's on my bucket list of you know that whole southern kind of trip and i'll be sure to go uh check that out definitely um yeah jake Guys, Jake is one of my favorite Twitter followers and, you know, obviously or else we wouldn't have him on as a guest, uh, <laughs> knows a lot about football, loves chatting beer, just a really good person. Um, appreciate having you on. But as always, I'm going to give the last words to you, Christopher. Uh, yeah, guys. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening, for tuning in live uh, this has, of course, been another episode of the Ballhawks podcast presented by the Dean Blundell Network. Jake, really, really thankful for you joining us. Uh, I, I know it's late at, late at night on uh, on the East Coast there, um, something that us West Coast guys don't understand. <laughs> um, but we, we really do appreciate it. And, uh, you know, if, if Steve and I are ever, ever down south, we're definitely going to come uh, – hit you up and check out that beer. And I mean, like Steve said, I mean, if it wasn't for this podcast, I I would have never encountered uh, Jake Vogel. And I'm super, super, super happy that I, that I have. Uh, We've had a lot of good interactions on Twitter, uh, just about football in general, not just the Ravens, like Jake said. Um, So thank you again for joining us. Really uh, thankful for that. Uh, Guys, go check us out on all of the social medias at ballhawks underscore pod. And as always, unfortunately, (laughs) go Hawks. Peace. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty 
from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.